getting swifty. That's the way to do it. Alright, should we do it? Let's go for it. Welcome to Sammy and Scooby Talk Movies, the podcast where we break down what movies have to say about real life issues. I'm Jake Scoobish, and along with my co-host, Sam Brodnax, we're going to be jumping into a batch of movies about income inequality here in season one. We're looking at dramas and comedies, old and new films, and trying to answer how these movies address income inequality differently, and what these stories say about how we all think about this issue. This week is Snowpiercer where income inequality persists even on a post-apocalyptic, never-ending train ride. This chaos. A thousand people in an iron box. Eighteen years I've hated a train. Eighteen years I've waited for this moment. This is the world. The train saved humanity. The engine lasts forever. The population must always be kept in balance. I said sit down. Passengers, eternal order flows from the sacred engine. We must occupy our preordained position. I belong to the front. You belong to the tail. Know your place. Keep your place. Those bastards in the front think they own us. We'll be different when we get there. What do you say? We take the engine. And we control the world. When is the time? Soon. So, there's a lot going on in Snowpiercer. The film takes place entirely on a train in the year 2031. Humans have frozen the planet over due to environmental neglect rendering the Earth completely uninhabitable. The only remaining survivors live on this train, which has a track spanning the globe and makes one complete trip each year. The train has escaped society, but it has fully replicated its class structure. The wealthy live at the front of the train, where they lounge in saunas, eat fresh sushi, and party in what seems like a designated rave train car. The lower class are stuck in dirty cars on the back of the train, like an industrial revolution shantytown on wheels. The residents of the back have decided they've had enough, though, and led by a charismatic revolutionary named Curtis, played by Chris Evans, they attempt to take over the engine at the front of the train. Fans of director Bong Joon-ho's Okja will recognize a lot of the same elements in Snowpiercer. Corporate greed, environmental damage, the failures of human society, and very gleeful violence. At the forefront of all of this in Snowpiercer, though, is the income disparity. It's the crux of the plot, and it's visually apparent as we see Curtis moving from the rundown cars in the back to the luxurious cars at the front. And yet, even though the whole movie seems like it's about income inequality, I'm not quite sure what Bong Joon-ho is saying about income inequality. So Sam, am I missing something? Does this movie add something interesting to our collection of movies about income inequality? Or is it kind of just fun and original and a, a thrilling action movie? that happens to feature income inequality. So, as much as I really enjoyed a lot of the aspects of the movie and just enjoyed the movie as a piece of entertainment, I'd have to agree with you in the sense that a lot of the movie is just a lot of action-packed fun, and I think 
while there is some really blatant symbolism present throughout the whole movie, I, I'm kind of lost at how I can relate this to current society, and a lot of the commentary just seems really distant. It's definitely a stretch from where we are right now. Let, let's, let's back up for a second and start with what did work for you in this movie. Just to give more context mm-hmm. of what the movie was, is like, what did you like about some of the action, the acting? Mm-hmm. What, what was working for you in this movie? I think the movie itself does a really good job of just setting the stage and creating its own environment. The situation that takes place seems very like plausible and, and real. Just the beginning, the shots that they have. So the earth is completely frozen. They have some really good shots of frozen cities and everywhere that used to be habited is completely uninhabitable. And it, from the premise that they described, it's something that definitely could happen eventually. Yeah, it's, it's obviously a wild sci-fi scenario, but it's not totally unreasonable. And I think they do a good job of establishing a sense of what the place feels like. Like from the very beginning, you, you kind of get a sense of what it feels like to live on this train. Because the whole movie is shot within the train, there's not really like a lot of landscape shots outside of the train. It just feels like very claustrophobic. Definitely. I, I totally agree. Especially in the beginning when all you're really seeing is... So they have the train organized from front to back, as we talked about before. But you start in the back with like the lower class... And you really never see anything else for the first like 30, 40 minutes of the movie. And I feel like you just really get to absorb. They have like different characters and the train is organized in a really incredible way. It's kind of disturbing. Yeah. And that back is kind of designed what I felt like was kind of like an Oliver Twist imagining of like what poverty is. Oh, yeah. It was it was kind of a throwback to, to that sort of that's what it looked like. And, and that also kind of brings to mind the hero of the back uh played by chris evans definitely it's a story about income inequality led by a charismatic 30 year old white man (laughs) yes which definitely lost me because i felt myself feeling like the concrete jungle vibes of like a large inner city right but then the dynamic of the characters was totally different yeah the leader is chris evans Mm -hmm. his second in command is played by jamie bell Mm -hmm. Octavia Spencer kind of has a bit part. She does, um, yes. And it just, for for a movie that is so clearly, like, straining to be like, this is an allegory for income inequality right now. Mm-hmm. To have two white men lead the charge felt a little out of touch. Oh, I'd agree with that completely. I think there are moments in the movie that I thought were really interesting where they brought dynamics, race, and culture into it. There, There is a scene when uh, Tilda Swinton plays almost like an overseer kind of role. And she comes in and is berating uh, the people in the lower part of the train. And they have initially a bunch of people translating her, translating for her in like four different languages. And immediately she's like, like, stop, what are you doing? Don't do that. And that moment for me was kind of like jarring. It's it's sort of the opposite. In, in Isle of Dogs, Wes Anderson has all these characters speaking Japanese mm-hmm. and subtitling it in english or not subtitling it at all just letting them speak japanese and this one was the opposite it was just like we're gonna we're gonna dismiss these other voices which is odd because the train itself seems like a hub for the entire world it travels around it travels around the globe essentially in a year i think it's almost all of humanity not like exclusive to one country that being said i think that scene where tilda swinton does travel to the back is 
possibly my favorite scene in the movie. She she's one of the bright spots as one of those villains. Just this ruthless, dorky old woman, and that scene where she lays out again another pretty obvious allegory yeah. of everyone has their right place in here, and telling telling them to be a shoe. Yeah, yes, it's a, it's a very funny speech. Very and it, it got it got the message across. Definitely. That character was incredible. I think there were a couple lines that really stood out to me. There was one moment where like, she was just playing her role in a part of society where she just wanted to survive. And there was the, later, she, she talks about just wanting to survive. Like She will do anything, whether it means betraying the people closest to her or hurting people lower than her, just so she can survive and maintain like her well-being, which I think really spoke to me as part of the allegory. Right. And I think that's what makes her character kind of one of the stronger villains is that her voice kind of actually says something about income inequality where it's like she's the one keeping all these people down and doing some pretty horrific things to them and ordering some pretty terrible things to be carried out but at the end of the day she's only doing it because of other people above her that's kind of why her understanding why she was so good Mm -hmm. it's part of why some of the later stuff in the movie doesn't work because okay. I guess we, sh- we should do this without spoilers. Yes, definitely. But once she's not the main villain, some of the other key villains are bland and kind of just there to forward the action rather than, than saying something. Agreed. And I think that's where I got kind of lost is that the beginning, there was a lot of like deep symbolism and I could see, I could start to believe parts of the story and kind of see connections to what's going on now, but post certain characters i felt like action was almost the entire driving force behind the plot when i saw this movie in theaters i i was blown away i loved it and mm-hmm. rewatching it it's a lot less rewatchable and I, I really feel like this movie is more than two hours it could really be an hour and a half movie and they could really chop down on some of that filler action oh, I even though some of it is a lot of fun one scene in particular with the <laughs> with let's just Say the hatchet car. Horrifying. That actually freaked me out. I had to pause the (laughs) movie and take a little break to get some water. It's brutal. And it's it's not exactly like Tarantino where he's just like having tons of fun killing people gruesomely. Yeah. Like people are actually in pain here. But it's it's definitely to kind of like this crazy gonzo extent. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, so let's bring it back more to the the issue of income inequality do you want to talk more about anything else about that like why it didn't work for you there were a couple there were like a couple things that i did like okay a couple more things on the side of income inequality specifically america or i guess almost anywhere but how the ideas like a system are perpetuated through youth i thought they did that really blatantly and really well almost to almost like a creepy degree right with the classroom scene absolutely yes yeah, there was a scene later, tons of cars, almost every kind of like room you could imagine. There was an aquarium. There, I mean, they have like a car for pretty much every part of society. And they get to a space, I'm not trying to spoil too much, but they're in a classroom. And just the way that they teach students really informs like how their society persists. And it, and it is interesting moving through those train cars because the people who are getting dental work have never seen people from the back of the car they don't know what's happening back there and Mm -hmm. all they've been taught is what we see in this classroom we assume which is helping to maintain the order that they've 
carefully set up on the train for the past 15 years. Yeah, there is that one part of the scene when in the classroom, one of the kids, I think when they're being greeted, the people who are coming from the back of the car, Chris Evans like walks through with all of his adventures or whatnot. And one of the kids is like, they ask, what are the people like from the back of the train? And she's like, they're stinky and lazy and don't work hard. And that for me was just like, that's like exactly how, you know, people describe folks on welfare. Sometimes when you like hear people talk and like mm-hmm. the rhetoric people use, I thought that was really creepy, but portrayed really well yeah i think that's definitely a strong scene and the the song that they chant in praise of wilford who's the the mystical uh guy who runs the train and invented the train is also pretty hilarious yeah it was pretty eerie (laughs) when you think of like stereotypical indoctrinating nationalist propaganda hit it right on the head (laughs) right there (laughs) creepy little children singing songs so without giving too much away what do you think about Wilford's role in this movie and what he brings to the movie? For me, I think I think Wilford's role was part of the reason that the movie didn't work for me. I think the villain and I guess like the negative force that was like going throughout the movie in the beginning was Tilda Swinton and that felt really real and then once Wilford was revealed, not to like, you know, give away too much but it almost felt like some sort of fairy tale villain it didn't really feel i just kind of i think i I was lost in the allegory once he became like a once his character was actually revealed to us as a person yeah he might have been more interesting if we did never get to know who he was and i also felt that if we if we are going to get to know more about who wilford is his his explanation for why he runs the train the way that he does should at least be a little bit more interesting and less vague and than what it is no, absolutely. Yeah. Do you think that it, if they didn't reveal him as a character, it would have added more to the to the plot or the story for you? I don't I don't usually like to criticize movies for like for things they didn't do specifically. Ooh, fair. Yeah. But I think it could have been an interesting path if there was no Wilford, if the train was just running on its own. Agreed. That would have been Almost more of like an eerie commentary. Right. Than or if there had been a Wilford and then he died and they just kept going. Mm-hmm. They just like use recordings of him to like right. persist through people's minds. And that when people really... were just naturally filing themselves into this order. Yeah, that would have been really interesting. So we've talked a lot about some of the things that didn't work for mm-hmm. us. When we're looking at this whole group of movies about income inequality that we're talking about, do you think there's any specific angle with this movie that it adds to this group that's that's unique from others or or anything that it says about income inequality that does have some value i have a couple of things i feel like for me sci-fi is always really cool just as a genre just because it takes something and re- even if the universe is totally different you can still see that they, they do it's really cool to see the similarities that exist even in a universe that's different from our own mm-hmm. and i think with this movie I think they did a really good job of just showing how it, income inequality and like class systems can be ingrained in people's minds. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably it for me. Yeah. Was there anything for you that like really worked about this film um, compared to others or that this film like really added to the discussion? Yeah, I think that's a good point, especially just using the, the train as a tool for that, just because it is able to show the whole idea of like of where everyone's supposed to be as a closed system. And then I think the other thing that maybe makes Snowpiercer a little different and can add something to this conversation is how it ties income inequality 
or just issues in society in general to issues of the environment, which is maybe something that's not always called out in those kind of movies. It's it's social issues, it's economic mm-hmm. issues, it's racial issues, but this one all stemmed from humans completely ignoring the environment. Absolutely. I love that. That's a, a really good point. There was a, a couple lines that, or a line that kept sticking in my head. They kept <clears throat> talking about the train being a closed ecosystem and having to survive on its own and the things that were necessary to be done because it was a closed ecosystem. And that kept like going through my mind. Right. And it's, over it's and just, over. it's ironic because that's the same thing they ignored with the, the planet itself. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And when they like, when they tried, or I guess what happened previously was that humans attempted to fix the earth, but ended up destroying it through their solution. And the movie follows in a pretty similar way. A part that really got me was there's a part where they're talking about the way they um, produce food. And they talk so much about like sustainability um, and like healthy food development, especially in the upper cars. Yet they're okay with just dumping all of the like really horrid goo the goo that they goo bars tasty goo bars <laughs> onto the lower class which is also a little commentary that i found really interesting it relates to income inequality but like how there are good options i guess out there for people who don't have a lot of money but it's hard to get a hold of those and and to be really healthy and and live a really green lifestyle in like a closed human ecological system you have to have a lot of money and it's really hard for folks who don't have a lot of money to like get a hold of healthy foods and I thought the movie really like blatantly commented on that through their like water treatment system, food system. Yeah, it, it definitely had a, an eye towards towards not just individual actions that created the situation, but mm. the, the structures of, of water and, and food and everything that happens on a large scale to, to keep all this in place. Agreed. Agreed. Which kind of leads into... The ending, which I, I don't want to give away because it, it takes the movie in a, a different direction for sure. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. But what what, did, what were your thoughts on, on the ending of the movie? Okay. Just without giving anything away, I think I was just, I don't know. I, I felt disappointed by the ending, I think. For me, it just felt really abrupt. And it, it didn't feel like anything was tied together. And I'm not, I don't necessarily, when I watch movies, always look for some form of closure or a feeling of like, ah, oh, this is what I need to do to help address this. But I felt like while the movie did make some commentaries, there wasn't really any kind of like reflection or, or form of action at the end. Right. It's, it's sort of cynical because if, you, if you're going to make a movie that's so obviously like these are the issues of income inequality, then to, to just kind of throw your hands up at it at the end is is kind of a cop-out. I agree. And that's essentially what it felt like at the end, just kind of like, eh, well, you know. What are we going to do? Yeah, nah, nothing can be, like, that, yeah. Which is frustrating dialogue that you hear a lot on television with the way things are. It's like, well, you know, what can you do? Which is why I think, and I don't know if you've seen this either, mm-hmm. I, I think I prefer Okja. Did you see that? I haven't seen Okja. Because Okja kind of tackles some of those same issues on a larger scale and does stake out a, a more specific point of view. But that being said, despite what we're saying about some of the income inequality stuff, it's a fun action movie. There's a lot of really fun scenes. Absolutely. Especially if you like gore. If you're into gore and just hard action, this 
will satisfy your gore hunger. I would call out the initial escape scene where Chris Evans pulls a very ballsy move in an awesome moment. That movie felt like like a class in like Jason Statham, like, no, he's not going to do it. Oh, he's going to do it. Heck yeah, it's like really intense moment. Evans makes a pretty good action star, He's, which I was surprised by. He's kind of boring in my mind as Captain America, but he did a good job. Oh, yeah. The BSU scene. Intense. His side friend character I thought was really, really like a good character. Also, yeah, Jamie Bell was really good. Jamie Bell. Tilda Swinton, fantastic as a villain. I feel like she almost, for me, stole the movie. She's amazing. And I think we could have used more Octavia Spencer and less of that other secondary <laughs> villain guy. Agreed. That, I was kind of lost. There is another character that pops up that almost functions as like a Terminator character. Not really sure what was going on right. there. Maybe just for like the further the action scenes and the intensity. And I will say, even though I wasn't completely sold on Wilford's character, mm-hmm. I did enjoy the casting of Wilford just because of it kind of serving as a callback to like a pretty similar role the same actor did in a different movie. I think you're thinking of what I'm thinking. Are you thinking about the Truman, Truman Show? Show? Absolutely. He's just like playing the guy who's like manipulating all the parts from afar. It's like the same thing. Before that reveal, I was just sitting on the edge of my seat. Like I, I was watching it on Amazon. So I was tempted to do like the swipe and see the character who was playing him. Yeah. But that was exactly what I was hoping was playing that character. So that was really nice. He did a good job. And another thing I thought, I'm very easily appeased by really nice visuals. Just the journey from the back to the front of the train, I thought was really beautiful. It's a thrilling scene. Yeah. It really is. They did a really good job just like exploring like blatant income inequality using a, the train, and it worked really well. All right. Well, that's our discussion of Snowpiercer. Thanks for listening, and next week we will be talking about the Florida Project.